Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito and Mary Lou Nemechek, and we are going to continue our description of the fun trip that we're going to take, our fun pilgrimage, uh, in January of 2023, so coming up, depending on when you hear this podcast. We, in the prior shows, had described the day trips we will be taking from our main staging area or base, the Italian city of Assisi. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. I think that I think we've pretty much tried to give you all a flavor. Mary Lou, do you think we kind of right. gave them a flavor of where we're going to go? We have. And, you know, having been to some of these places several times, there's always something new that I see or I can take away from it. So, you know, if when you have the opportunity to go back to to these places, take it because, you know, there's so much there. And the and with these pilgrimages, you know, you're taking away and you're building off of all the others that are there. There's always such wonderful spiritual gifts that you walk away with. And it's different for each pilgrimage. No two are alike. That's so right. I, I highly recommend the exercise of pilgrimage. To well, build it's up funny because people kill me when they say, oh, I've already done Rome. I'm like, yeah. what? How do you how do you do Rome? to the point yeah. where you feel the need never to come back. Maybe you could be done with Roman traffic. I will agree with you there. You're done with that. But to be done with the sights and sounds of Roman experiences and the sights and sounds of Assisi or Siena or Orvieto, I mean, come on, guys. Seriously. These are holy places that we're going to visit. And that's mm -hmm. we need to, to remember that. And, and you can't go to a holy place and walk away and not be touched. Mm -hmm. And as I say, each time it's it's a different experience. It is, and it grows upon the others. Mm -hmm. So we were saying about how we get, we came back. We're coming back from Assisi, and we're going to be in our second main place where we're going to stay in Rome. The second, only the second of two hotels. So that'll be fun. So you won't have to worry about packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking as some other places and tours perhaps will do, make you do right. Right. The famous have your luggage outside the door at 6 a.m. sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is not me, and it's never going to be me. So there you go. <laughs> we <laughs> all know to, that. I try to organize a tour that I would want to go on, you know, that I'm not going to feel like I'm going to, like, instigate a revolution and not show up at stuff because I'm sick of moving mm -hmm. around, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so we're going to be in Rome after the uh, time in Assisi. And we're going to be at um, St. Peter's Basilica that first day. So that's going to be really fun because especially seeing the face of people who've never been uh, to in the Basilica, to, just to walk into the space. Mm -hmm. First of all, the build-up, you know, going to the piazza, um, getting off the bus, walking down Borgo Pio, uh, standing in line in the metal detectors in order mm -hmm. to get in, all that stuff, right? And right. the, thing, the reason I travel in January and February, even though it's cold, is because there are very no lines. less lines, right? Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I can dare say no lines, but definitely a lot less lines than you would have in better weather, right? So, and we all know we don't go really for the weather. We go for the experience, right? For the, exactly. For the sites. So we're going to go to St. Peter's, we're going to see the Basilica, and we're going to do the excavation, the Scavi tour, which is so cool. Like I said, I try to go whenever I can, no matter how many times I've been, because every time it's different. So what is the Scavi tour? Scavi is Italian word for excavation. 
and we are going to um, go down to the sixth to the first century level, about sixty feet below the main church, and we are going to the level of the Circo Vaticano of the original oval entertainment sort of arena where St. Peter was originally crucified. And so they'll show you, they'll show you little maps, you know, about how uh, the oblong of the, of the Vatican Circus kind of corresponds and overlaps on some levels with where they buried the people who were executed in the arena. And that ended up being a burial place mm -hmm. for, uh, come to find out, the bones of St. Peter. Uh, so what a coincidence. It's fairly the recent of, when they discovered this. It hasn't been that many years ago. In the 30s, in the 30s and 40s, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. found this necropolis. So it's interesting because you can see the pagan Roman tombs and what they stressed. Mm -hmm. But then you also have the Christian burials. And so you can tell who's Christian, who's pagan right. by, uh, by how they date. Like the pagans say, um, you know, Marius, uh, age 36 years, five months, and four days, something like that. And uh, the Christian things will say things like born into eternal life yep. on this day. That kind and of the thing. symbols so are different. A different emphasis, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful to see uh, just not only, first of all, it's kind of cool from an anthropological point of view when you go down to the first century level and you see how small people were. You see the streets are, yes. are narrower, Narrow. the doorways are lower. You can see it was a different kind of, of body size, right? People were smaller, right? And also, uh, you go to see all the amazing frescoes in uh, the tombs. And then finally, of course, what's the, um, the complete uh, pinnacle of the trip? Well, you finally find the bones of St. Peter. It's so amazing. Round the corner. And there they are, right? And you get to see it. And it's just, and, and depending on who your guide is, you get to say a prayer, you get to have a moment of reflection. Um, that was pretty cool. I do remember my very first time, we were in different groups, and I had some bored Italian lady, very good-looking younger girl, um, in high heels, <laughs> tracing oh, around. Down there? Oh, and my. She was done. She was done. She was like, we're late. Let, we skip, we, she skipped various parts, including the bones of St. Peter. I remember oh the gosh. people, we meet at the surface and they're like, can you believe the bones of St. Peter? And I'm like, what bones of St. Peter? We didn't see them because she was in a hurry because we had to catch up. So every time I say, I pray that we get the right guides for every trip, you know, for every group, so that everybody can experience that amazing experience, which, you know, seeing right. the bones which, of Peter. Which happened to be located directly underneath the main altar. The Baldacchino, right? The famous mm -hmm. central or altar in St. Peter's. If you dig 60 feet down below, you, what, what could we possibly have here? Oh, my gosh, we have the bones of St. Peter. Why? Because when Peter was buried in his original burying place, the faithful came and built little things, little protecting Tech. arches and containers and boxes, marble boxes, whatever, mm -hmm. over his site. And by 150 AD, there was a little sort of, it looked like a little miniature church looking thing uh, with columns and mm -hmm. a triangular element on top called an edicola. And it was only five feet tall, but 
already you have this idea that here is something precious. These are the bones of Peter. It also helps that there's a, a uh, first century graffiti on the, on the other side that says Petroseni mm. in Latin. Peter, Peter is inside. Mm -hmm. oh, who, which Peter? I wonder what Peter, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say Harry says, love Sally. It says Peter is inside, you know. So it shows this sense of the faithful that they knew from the very early times who was in there. And they, by the time Constantine comes along in the 320s, 330s and builds the original wooden St. Peter's Basilica, he knows exactly where to build it. Mm -hmm. He fills in the, you know, the, the remains so to make it all level, you can actually see the Constantinian fill below the level of the Constantinian Basilica before you get to the necropolis. So he fills it in, he builds his basilica. His basilica lasts about a thousand years, which is pretty good for a wooden building. Uh, by the time of the 1500s, it's in rack and ruin. I mean, it's probably not a safe building, right? And so um, it is leveled and rebuilt. And so the famous Baroque structure that we know was and was finished in the 1600s yeah. but it too was built over the fill of the rubble of the original constantinian basilica which was built over the fill that they of the original necropolis which yeah. is over the bones of peter that's kind of you sandwich it all in and so you have this amazing basilica but they knew exactly where to put mm -hmm. the high altar it's, it's so amazing and um you can't walk into that church without being moved. Mm -hmm. Just the, the size of it and the mosaics in there. It's and the altar, just the size of the altar. It's just so overwhelming. But you know you're kind of home. You know that this is a very special place. Mm -hmm. This is where, you know, Holy Mother of the Church is located. Mm -hmm. And um and there's a great sense of pride and and I know that um one of the favorite things for my son Patrick is to go up to the top, you know, mm -hmm. go up the stairs to the very top mm -hmm. of the basilica and look out. Mm -hmm. You can see all of Rome. Mm -hmm. I did it once, and, and that's enough for me. Yeah, but I'm not he, doing that. Sorry. <laughs> but he, that. Went, he went back to Rome on uh, due to his business thing, and he called me from Rome, and he said, Mother, I'm over at the American embassy. Can I walk over to the Vatican or... Is it that close? And I said, it's on the other side of the river. I said, catch a cab and then, you know, do your thing. And um, and I remember telling him, now, when you go into church, be sure and stop at the Adoration Chapel. That's right. Before you go upstairs and do that. But anyway, it, it's just it left such a mark on him that anytime he was over there, he would, he would make sure he'd go over there. Mm -hmm. And whether he's just, you know, going up the stairs, I don't care. He was there, you know? The Adoration Chapel is one of my favorite places. Yeah. There you go in. It's on the right, on the same side as the Pietà statue, mm -hmm. which is on your immediate right as you come in. You go down two or three alcoves and you go on the right. There's a dark blue giant curtain. Right. And with two guards, mm -hmm. two of the San Petrini, mm -hmm. the, the St. Peter people guards. And they're front. glass doors. And you, and you can't, it's not a tourist <laughs> spot. You, you yeah. go in to pray. And it's great because you can see people from all over the world who world. stop in and say hi mm -hmm. to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite places. Oh, it's wonderful there. It's, it's on the same side as all the confessionals, too, with all the languages that you can confess and et cetera. So that well, is I'm, really cool. I'm sure in the morning we're going to go over there for a mass and go downstairs to have a mass. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to have a mass, um, you know, 
where are we? Oh, no, Mass at the Basilica. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be in the crypt or in one of the side chapels. Um, then we're going to go a, a, a newer place for me, which is Santa Maria in Vialata, which is the place where St. Peter, St. Luke, and St. Paul uh, traditionally stayed, and that it may have been the place where St. Paul lived while he was under house arrest. House arrest? Yeah. Hmm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? And there. usually it has an adoration chapel. It's open till 10 o'clock uh, for adoration. I think that's going to be cool. We're going to have, um, I think, I don't know if we ever con confirmed it, but the idea was to have the um, private tour of the Sistine Chapel. But I don't think that that happened. I don't remember. But we'll have to see. In any case, well, it'll be worth your while no matter what, right? Right. Uh, the next day we go to Trastevere. The name Trastevere is the Italian for the Latin trans tiberinum, which means on the other side of the Tiber. So it's on the other side, right? Trastevere. Mm -hmm. And there's the beautiful uh, Basilica of Santa Maria, St. Mary in Trastevere, which is one of the oldest churches of Rome and the oldest church in the world devoted to Our Lady. Uh, it was built in 221. Gosh. You know, how I mean, obviously parts of it. I mean, uh, you know, you know, you have those superstructures. And then we're going to go to, to Piazza del Popolo and visit my family chapel in uh, the church of Santa Maria del Popolo. Popolo. Now, mm -hmm. my, my family chapel is not much to look at, but it is right next door to a major chapel that has two Caravaggio paintings. Yeah. One of St. Paul falling oh. off his horse and the other one of St. Peter being crucified. Those it's, are very it's famous so amazing. Ones. Yeah. It's worth definitely that, yeah. right? And yeah. we're going to also go to the monastery of Tordespecchi, where um, my daughter Francesca's patron saint, Santa Francesca Romana, Saint Francis of Rome, is uh, uh, was located. It was it was right there on on those premises where she lived her life. I thought that was so cool. I think we're we're going to definitely try and do that. You know how it is. Um, a lot of stuff in the itinerary is subject to. Change. Last minute, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's very much like that. So, but in my experience, even the things, if we don't end up doing the thing that's billed on the itinerary, we end up doing something equally cool and maybe even better, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't get too um, twisted if we don't get to do that. The next day we go see San Giovanni Laterano, St. John Lateran. Lateran. And uh, where we're going to see the Scala Santa, the Holy Stairs, which is uh, definitely an experience. Experience, um, yeah to pray on those steps. Uh, let me say something first. Um, the popes for a long time lived in the Lateran Palace, which was associated with St. John Lateran, which is considered the parish church of Rome. Right. There was really no conversation about, quote, the Vatican until the popes came back from the captivity. So that it's really incorrect to speak of the Vatican until uh, the middle of the 1300s or the end of the 1300s when the popes returned. And that, that was at that point that the Vatican premises, you know, around the church were established. So that's a point to make because you do have uh, fiction writers who really don't know the history referring to the Vatican in the 8th century when there was no such thing. Just want just to wanna yeah. precise that. Um, I, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Comunità di Sant'Egidio, which we saw, I think, during our first time. And they are a very famous uh, community, a lay community in Rome, uh, which is, uh, you know, there's 
trying to grow in holiness like everybody else, but they're known by, for their peace-making efforts in Africa and other places and their love for the poor. We're going to be in the Santa Maria Maggiore, of course, at the end of the trip, Santa Prasede, and the tr tr tour, the, the tr treat I think we're going to have is going to be, we're going to go and have a field trip and get on the autostrada, which is the Italian word for highway, for about 40 minutes, going towards uh, L'Aquila. We're going to take the exit off of Tivoli, and we are going to visit Ciciliano, which is a small, very small village on the top of a, of a hill, very high up, it's about 1,200 feet, um, where my family castle is. Well, one of them, one of the family castles, the one that belongs to my branch of the family. And we're going to have a wonderful plate of fettuccine, of homemade pasta and uh, beautiful sauces and we're oh, going to get wow. to visit the castle mm -hmm. uh, which has been a pretty fundamental part of my family for a long time it was given to one of my ancestors in 1529 i think he was a cardinal or a bishop or something like that and uh, they were given that particular establishment but that whole valley uh, belonged to my family so you have a tower here and a castle there and a palace there and a few other things and very few are still really standing, right? Because it goes back for a long time. But I think it's going to be fun that we're going to have that field trip at the oh, end. It's going to be wonderful. To, yeah, to, uh, to see Ciciliano. I was married there, so I have a lot of memories, etc. Uh, part of also we're going to see is uh, coming back into Rome, Santa Prasede. Santa Prasede and Santa Pudenziana are considered to have been the daughters of the Senator Pudens, now, remember, in Roman society, the emperor was at the top of the heap, right? But right. below him, there were the senatorial classes. So those were very, very important. Below them, there were the equestrian classes, which are also quite important. And then below them were all their retainers, right? So uh, soldiers, priests, whatever, right? And those were, that was basically the tip of the pyramid. 3% of all of Roman society was was you know comprised of the very high classes including the senator class so when senator pudence that's a huge deal right when he converts to christianity in the first and second centuries and his daughters as well and everybody's martyred you know it's one of those things where they just come in and they kill the whole family and they uh, take all your property etc we're going to that famous proto-church, Santa Brasede or Santa Pudenziana, depending, they're very similar, with beautiful, beautiful mosaics. I, I loved it so much the first time I went that we I actually have pictures of the mosaics from Santa Brasede. Do I haven't been that? there, so I'm looking forward to that. That was really fun. And then we also have one of the many candidates for the pillar upon which Jesus was scourged that is conserved, preserved there. You know, mm -hmm. is it the real thing? Does it really matter? It's definitely a piece of great antiquity, and it's located in this jewel of a church, which really should not be missed. Santa Brasede and Santa Pudenziana, I think, are some of the, the jewels. And then, of course, we will go see Santa Maria Maggiore, Saint Mary Major, where the popes always, when they return from a trip, go to give thanks, right? Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful the, church. The early crash, early nativity scene mm -hmm. is always there, right? Uh, and it's just, a, it's just a beautiful thing. So, on the whole, Mary Lou, are we going to have fun? We are going to have a great 
time. And it seems like we're going to be so busy, but there's there's just a rhythm to it that everything kind of falls into place. Mm-hmm. And as I say, it's it's everyone walks away having gained so much, not only by experiencing and seeing these places, but also seeing how they tie into our faith. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because mm-hmm. we can see, touch, feel, you know, it's it's so amazing. Thank mm-hmm. goodness all of this has been saved because it's mm-hmm. you, you can't walk away and not be changed with all of this. You just can't. What a blessing. Yeah. We're just glad that we're able to travel again. We're able to be able to uh, to bring people to our favorite spots, right? Right. Thank right. you for joining us.